coming to you live from the catacombs of Paris. It's the Dokiverse podcast, episode 122, Good Slimes. I'm your announcer, Jimmy Murphy. On this episode, we've got a preview of Dondracon, the GM's toolkit, and the first of our random character. And now, recently escaped from French ghosts, here's Doc. Hello there, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. I would like to thank this week's guest announcer, Jenny Murphy. Thank you so much, Jenny. I want to start off the podcast by telling everyone that we may have some format changes going on here. I'm recording these podcasts and pieces thereof in advance, so I may switch around how often certain things like GM's Toolkit or um, horror movie reviews or things pop up. Probably horror movie reviews will stay at one a month, but there may be sometimes when it's six weeks in between them. You may hear things like the GM's Toolkit or RPG prompts more than once a month. Uh, it really depends. Like I say, I'm recording the segments in advance and a lot of them. I recorded three uh, each of the RPG prompts and the GM's Toolkit today. I recorded a horror movie review. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff I'm going to try and record so I can get ahead two or three episodes at least because I am trying to get together some stuff from Doclopedia entries and things so I can make another three or four PDFs that I can put up on the Patreon page and you wonderful, wonderful patrons can have access to them and people who want to come and get those PDFs can contribute and they'll get them. I'm not going to put them all up at once. I'm going to put them up one a month and the very first one I'm trying to get done and it's a big one is I'm taking all of my entries for the alphabet of which there are seven or eight or nine on the website, on the blog, and put them together and add a few new ones that nobody's heard before and compile that all into one big PDF. Now, as always, if you're new to this or if you've never downloaded one of my PDFs, these are just raw text that I've written, cleaned up, edited as best I can for spelling errors, things like that, and then... I turn them into a PDF, so you can read them wherever you read your PDFs. Uh, there are no illustrations. I cannot afford an artist, not unless I get another four or five, six, ten contributors and patrons. Once I do that, yeah, then I could probably afford an artist to at least do a cover picture. But for now, they're strictly straight-up text PDFs. Speaking, as I was a moment ago, about Patreon and my wonderful patrons, it's time to thank them. So, for sending me money every month and being supportive and just being all around wonderful human beings, I want to thank David, Mark, Kevin, Peter, 
Avis, Bruce, James, and Marion. Thank you all. You are wonderful. I hope you enjoy this show, and I hope I see at least a couple of you at DunderCon, which is coming up in just a few days. Speaking of DunderCon, folks, this is where I talk about what I plan on doing, what I know I'm doing, and what I plan on doing at DunderCon. Should you be there or if you're just interested. First of all, I'm running my, I think, 33rd or 34th annual tune game. This one is a Car Wars uh, variant because when I wrote Turniversal Tour Guide, I included a chapter called Cartoon Wars, which gave you everything you need to know to run a cartoony version of Car Wars from Steve Jackson Games. And I'm going to have a big track laid out, and I'm going to have Hot Wheels uh, for cars, and there's a bunch of stuff going on. The audience, who are all NPCs, of course, will be able to throw weapons and drop weapons and shoot things out into the track when they feel like it. There are robot cars who are going in the opposite direction at a high rate of speed, and they'll be able to shoot at uh, various character cars, plus the characters shooting each other. And then if that wasn't enough chaos, I've tossed in a couple of Fuglebirds. And Fuglebirds are nothing but indestructible chaos on two legs or four legs sometimes, and they run all about and it's going to be just a big, wacky, fun, nutty race. I don't anticipate anybody actually finishing the race, but who knows? That is the only game I am running this year, because last year I ran three games, one on Friday, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and that was a big bite out of my time to do anything else at the con. It kept me from playing in official games, because I was running them at a time when I normally would be playing games. It uh, had me running around. It was kind of tiring. And it was just more games than I can be running at cons at my age. Or my inclination, for that matter. So this year, yeah, I'm just running the Tune game. However, I am doing two seminars on Saturday at the con. The first seminar is one I've done before called How to Get Started Writing. This is not about how to get a job as a freelancer writing RPG stuff. This is how to get yourself motivated to write, hopefully every day, the way I do. And I've done it before, and people have asked questions, and I've helped some people out, and I've had a few people say that I actually helped them to get writing and uh, on a regular basis, so that's good. Well, that's the first seminar I'm doing on Saturday. The next one is I will be part of the city building seminar, which I've been part of before. Only this year, it's, I think, just myself and Michael Bloom. Usually Ken Height is in on it, but he's at another convention this year, so he won't be at Dundercon. So it's just me and Michael, as far as I know. It could be somebody else there. The other thing I may be doing on Sunday, although this was thought up by someone before the final OGL uh, Watsy situation was known, was a possible discussion about the OGL and what it's done to the industry and what it's doing to the industry and what it does to the hobby, etc., etc. However, like I say, 
Now that Watsy has completely backtracked and they're going to release stuff as Creative Commons and whatnot, I don't know if we're going to actually still have that uh, conversation. But we'll see. I could be doing that on Sunday. As far as role-playing games go, I looked through this year at the list of RPGs, and there were very few I thought I'd want to play in. I'm not a real big guy for playing in in indie sort of weird little games. Um, I'm not really big on playing champions anymore or hero system. Uh, Just takes too long to get anything done, and it's mostly just battles, and they take forever. I am not particularly feeling my science fiction oats, so I don't think I'm going to play any of the few science fiction games there are. But there were a couple, and I may check those out. I'm not sure. However, I will be trying to play as many board and card games as I can, preferably ones I've never played before. I plan on being in a protospiel room for a good chunk of uh, Friday up until my game, which my game doesn't start till 8, so you know I'll probably be in a protospiel room for at least two or three hours. I plan on playing board games on Saturday and Sunday. And on Monday, the only thing I have planned, and probably the only thing I'll do, is to go to the flea market and try to sell some of my stuff and recoup a bit of the money that I'm spending on the uh, convention. So that's the gaming and, and seminar and stuff. That's what I'm going to be doing Um I will no doubt at some point hang out in a bar and shoot the breeze with friends. I may be in other rooms doing other things. But uh, if you want to find me at the con, my schedule is in of seminars and games is there to look at. And my uh, physical self will be in the Protospiel room and probably in the open gaming and board gaming rooms. And, like I say, maybe at the bar. And sometimes sitting out in the lobby resting my feet. So if you're going to Dundercon, that's where you can find Uncle Doc. And I will be there, by the way, from Thursday afternoon up till about noon on Monday. And I hope any of you listening to this come to the con. And I hope we can meet up and chat, maybe have a drink, maybe even go eat. So that's my pre-Dundercon episode, and next episode, maybe a little bit late, and it should have a recap of Dundercon, although in the past I've done that as a separate mini-podcast, so that's probably what you're going to want to hear or look for, uh, is a mini-podcast probably on Monday evening after the con, maybe not until Tuesday. So that's it for my preview of DunderCon. And now let's move on to the next segment. Folks, it's time for the GM's Toolkit. And our theme this time around is getting dirty. And that's going to work two ways. One is where your player character's actually have to get into situations where they're going to be in the muck and mire and filth because they're looking for something. They're trying to get in or out of a place and it's just 
a bad, nasty situation. The most famous is they got to get into a city, a castle, a dungeon, whatever, through the sewers. Uh, a lot of GMs will just hand wave this and say, okay, you go through the sewers and then you're inside the place and blah, blah, blah. But that's not very realistic. First of all, you're in a sewer. So it's stinky, it's nasty, it's filthy. There's possible disease and stuff. So you go through the sewer, you're going to be, there are going to be rats all over. There might be reptiles. In a fantasy setting, there's going to be God knows what living in the sewer. Slimes, sewer goblins, who the hell knows? But it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be disgusting. You should make your characters do a constitution check every couple of turns while they're going through the sewer to see if they barf, to see if they, you know, start getting itchy, to see if they get attacked by a rat, stuff like that. Then you have them come out of the sewer or into a cleaner part of the sewer where they can climb up like to a manhole or something. Well, they're going to come up onto the city street and they're going to be covered in shit and gore and, you know, algae and dirty water and something like that. This is always, always hand-waved. I've done it in my own games. I've just ignored the fact that these guys are coming out of a sewer and they smell horrible and they are completely disgusting looking. GMs, you need to have them clean off. If they do not clean off, if you don't specifically say, you guys going to clean up before you go up there? And maybe there's no way for them to do it. Or maybe they have to bathe in some sort of fresh water. Or maybe they just have to strip off, wipe themselves down as best they can, and put on clean clothes. Maybe there's a magical way to clean if you're in a fantasy situation. But if they, if you don't say that, and they climb out, you could immediately have people running away from them and the city guard coming and trying to find out why these filthy people are wandering around or whatever. Um, if it's a dungeon or something, maybe that stench drives off some creatures, but it attracts others. So suddenly they find out, oh, hell, we're still covered in shit. And that would make for a very comedic moment, at least for the GM. Uh, other ways they can get dirty, maybe they're passing through a swamp. Uh, I once had a group of characters who escaped from a prison, and the only way out was through a swamp. The prison was in you know, Louisiana and out in the bayous, and they had to go through swamps and water and fight off gators and snakes and all sorts of things, all the while being tracked by bloodhounds and cops. And uh, they got filthy dirty. They had to steal a bunch of clothes. Of course, they also stole the car, so, you know. But, uh, yeah, getting filthy and dirty has to have consequences. Uh, it can even have long-term consequences. If people have been in a fight and gotten wounded before they crawl through that sewer or whatever, you should give a percentage chance every day that they're going to get an infection. Stuff like that. They could get a disease. They could get, you know, something bad could happen they could get poisoned so it's entirely open it's entirely up to what kind of gm you want to be how realistic you want it to be but at the very least they should not be crawling out of a damn sewer into a city or a castle covered in crap and not go unnoticed now we come to the other part 
of dirty, the other meaning of dirty, and that is a dirty trick. Or somebody's done them dirt on a deal or something like that. This happens a lot of times in role-playing games, especially in modern ones, is somebody screws them over. Now, it could be that uh, guy they hired, the hireling in a fantasy game, you know, he gets up early before everybody else does, or he, you know, he's preparing food, or he's tending horses or whatnot, or one of the most popular ones, we will leave the horses outside the dungeon with our hirelings, and we'll go in the dungeon, and we'll come out later, and we'll all leave. Well, I have had hirelings wait a day or two while people are in the dungeon, and then decide, you know what, it's pretty dangerous around here. We've already fought off a couple of monsters ourselves. Let's steal this shit. And they take off with the horses and the treasures and whatnot that everybody found up until they went into the dungeon. I have had player characters screw over other player characters. That happens. I have had the players screw over their employers. Sometimes they get away with it. Sometimes there are very bad consequences. One time they had half a damn army set after them. And this was in a modern game. They screwed over a dictator. And unfortunately, they were out in the middle of a desert. And the dictator said, you know, uh -uh, I'm sending my army after you. And they had to do all sorts of things to evade the army. Eventually, they managed to steal the jeep with a gun on it. So they were able to fight their way out. But uh, yeah, doing dirty deeds can go either way. Either the party is doing it or the people they're working for or people who want their shit is doing it. So there's your dirty tricks and there's your filthy player characters. And GMs, remember to play dirty. We'll have another bit of the GMs toolkit in the near future. Okay, folks, we are starting a new segment right now, and it's called Random Characters. And this is where I have written up just the basic description of a bunch of characters, and hopefully they can be used in, you know, any sort of game. And our first one is Augie, the stable boy. Now, Augie is, like I say, he's a stable boy. He's young. He's probably no more than about 14, could be as young as like 9, 10. He works in the stables. He knows the horses. He's very good with horses and other animals. And Augie could just be the guy that takes care of your horses. He could work in a modern situation. He could work at a racetrack. And a racetrack could be owned by the mob, could be a legit place, could be, you know, a racetrack owned by a millionaire for his private enjoyment. But regardless of whether it is Old West, modern, fantasy, possibly even science fiction, post-Holocaust, wherever it is, Augie works in a stable where people keep their riding animals. Don't necessarily have to be horses. So Augie can handle horses. He can tell you about horses. He can give you good information like, hey, don't buy that horse. He's mean, or don't buy that horse, she's going lame, or don't buy that riding lizard because it's not well-trained. But Augie can also know things. Here he is, he's a stable boy. Maybe he's learned to play dumb, 
Maybe he's been told to keep his mouth shut. Maybe he listens just because he's always curious about what people are talking about. So Augie may know things. Like you pull into a town in a fantasy game, and Augie might be able to tell you, yeah, you know, there was another adventuring party headed towards the Dungeon of Screaming Doom, and they left yesterday on some horses, but those horses aren't really fast because they're carrying a lot of equipment. So now your characters know, hey, there's another party going to our dungeon, and we can maybe get ahead of them. Maybe Augie knows things concerning people around town. If it's in the Old West, he almost certainly does. If it's modern, he may know things connected to the mob. He may know things about the owner of the horses, you know, the owner's daughter. He may know, he may even know about a murder. There was a murder at the barn, which is right next to the stable, and Augie may have heard something, or he may have seen something. You also may have Augie deciding, hey, can I come on your adventure with you? Maybe you'll take him along to take care of your horses, maybe not. But there's a character you can use, and I say he's Augie the stable boy. There is no reason on earth Augie has to be A, a boy. He could be Augie the stable girl. Also, he doesn't have to be human. He could be Augie the halfling. He could be Augie the, you know, kobold. He could be Augie the, the orc. Whatever you need, he could be Augie the Vulcan. You know, who knows? But he can be whatever you want him to be, and he doesn't have to be a he. They can be whatever you want them to be. So there we have Augie, the stable person, the stable being. And do with them what you will. And there will be another random character every week for the next several weeks. Well, folks, we are at the end of an episode, and that is where I thank you for listening. And I do thank you very much. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Docverse blog, on the Mastodon Dice Camp server as Doc Cross. I can reach via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com. If you're listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail. And you patrons can leave me a message on my Patreon page, and I will get told about it right away. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts two months before they go up on Anchor and have access to many, many sweet PDFs, which are already up and ones that are going to be up in the future, go to www.patreon.com forward slash dot cross and sign up for as little as a buck a month. Although I will tell you that some of the new PDFs, you're going to have to sign up for at least three or four or five dollars a month, depending on how I feel and how long it take me to get them done. So you can just go there and, and do that. Now, if you only want to do a one-time or occasional donation, then you go to my Ko-fi page, K-O-F-I, and you look up Doc Cross 4591 and you can make a one-time donation of whatever amount, or you can go back, you know, every few months when you feel like it. It's all fine by me. If you would like to sponsor this podcast or advertise on it, and I would be happy to allow you to do either. Get in touch with me by any of the methods I mentioned just a moment ago. Our music was Bar Crawl by J.R. Tundra off the YouTube Audio Library. This podcast and everything on it 
with the exception of the music, is copyright 2023 by Doc Cross. I will see you all next week. Live long and prosper.